You are listening to the Unlock Your Sound podcast. Feel free to join the discussion over at the Unlock Your Sound Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash Unlock Your Sound. Hello and welcome to the Unlock Your Sound podcast. I'm joined as usual by my good friend Chris Pavey. Hello, hello. Hello, Chris. Um, and... Today we've brought on um, a good friend, Daniel Halford, who has previously um, been on the podcast and some told us some interesting stories about recording things on fire and lots of other things. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, uh, certainly go back and listen to it. It's nice and absolutely. Uh, it's nice and lengthy and fu- full of interesting stories and. Um, discussions about economics and loads of other random stuff. Gen- general silliness. <laughs> yeah. Ge- general, general silliness, silliness indeed. Um, so yeah, definitely go and listen to that one. That's a personal fave for me, I think. Absolutely. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, I'm very pleased that you feel that way. Well, I'm glad to be back. It's nice. Mm. Um, and, uh, and we've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, today. so um, Daniel and I were having a chat recently, um, just the other day actually, and he told me a really, really interesting story. And I thought this needs to go in the podcast because it's really interesting and very relevant as well. Um, so we've invited Daniel on um, to tell this story. And and that's what the that's what the podcast is going to be about today. If that's all right with you, Daniel. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it, uh, it it's possibly worth... Um giving a little bit of context about how how we stumbled upon this in our conversation the other day because you we were talking about um manufacture on demand yes. and trying to kind of keep the uh the overheads of of manufacturing and distribution products down um you know as in uh moving away from the traditional model of making a lot of things holding them and hoping that you'll uh sell them mm. And you were say, telling me about uh, a, a service of for um, vinyl on demand, which we perhaps can get into later, because that that's you know I found that extremely interesting. Mm. I still can't quite get my head around how how that would practically work. But I would I would actually like to sorry just inter- yeah. interject go quickly because um, Chris and I have since then dived into that a bit. Mm. Um, so it's the Bandcamp thing. Uh, so this is I'm I'm actually glad you brought this up because um, it's just a cool thing to talk yeah. about and something I'm quite excited about. So Bandcamp this year uh, are releasing a vinyl on demand service. Now it's actually kind of a vinyl on demand plus crowdfunding platform. Yeah. So we looked okay. at the we looked at the um, the the examples that they had there, and it's kind of like it's kind of like a Kickstarter but for vinyl through Bandcamp. So you build up to a certain level of demand that justifies doing a run, basically. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Oh, okay. So it all, it all makes sense. Because yeah, I was, I was, I think I was coming from where you were thinking, Dan, when the description was like, you can just buy a vinyl. I'm like, I don't see how. And they'll just make one. Yeah, I was like, like, I'm not like. sure that's financially viable. <laughs> no, because I was thinking like, you've got to make the stamper. Like you can make one vinyl. Yeah. That's yeah. fine, but that's not really where the cost center yes. is. It's it's in it's in um, it's making the stamper from the uh, from the yeah. master, and that's so that's a bit I could get my yeah. head around. And I was thinking, oh, like maybe they've come up with some amazing technique of you know sort of uh, laser engraving yeah. vinyl, or you know there'll be some sort of new additive manufacturer approach 
um, that I've not heard of. But no, that does mm. make sense. It's not quite. That would be nice, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be amazing. That would, that if you would could be very, have very nice. A vinyl made. But yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so we had that discussion, mm. and that's clarified that far more. But it, I mean, that's still cool. Um, I still like the idea, particularly given like how off, uh, um, how um, in demand vinyl is at the moment for collectors and and in ter- you know particularly in terms of revenue how well it's doing performance wise against uh, other physical media um perhaps slightly counterintuitively but then this took us onto this conversation where we were saying that you know you acquire vinyl not really because uh or people acquire vinyl not really because hipsters, Hi- hipsters. acquire vinyl yeah. sorry <laughs> someone other than me acquires vinyl not not really because <laughs> They they want Separates to actually you know from it. use it as a as a mm. method of of carrying an audio signal, but but just because they like it, and yeah. because it's a you know a physical nice thing that you can have, and and that that in in many uh, respects seems to take precedence over the quality or the content that is on mm. uh, that's on the vinyl, and so this put me in mind of. Uh, of a particular job that I did a few years ago, um, which uh, during the during the course of, of of executing this this task, my my understanding and my mindset on uh, on the on the model behind it changed completely. So when it was pitched to me, I thought this is the most insane thing I've ever heard. You can't you can't possibly. You know, this doesn't make any sense. Somebody must be bank. Some somebody who's mad and rich must be bankrolling this, just for some un, unclear reason. And then at the end, my uh, my my perspective was completely inverted. I think this is the craziest job ever because look how profitable it is. So let's let's talk about it. So um, I was contracted to um, produce a series of um, recordings of live performances um and there were going to be a couple of unique and interesting things about about the performances firstly they were not in a conventional music performance venue uh, they were in a um an art gallery and uh the, the the thing that sort of drew me to the project that i found particularly interesting was that we were going to uh, record each concert live to vinyl um and we were going to do the cutting in front of the audience. So if you imagine right. if you imagine the setup is like the audience yep. are in the room, in front of them is the stage area, the performers are at the stage area, to the side of the stage area, right in front of the performance is the lathe and yep. the um, pre-processing app- apparatus, and uh, they're, they're mic'd up. Now in, the, in a separate room, um, I'm, I'm behind the scenes um, producing the mix um, and sending that directly to the lathe and so the performance is given and the the vinyl uh, or the acetate master is cut in front of the audience so from a technical point of view that was quite quite interesting and sort of from a quirky artistic point of view a lot of people who were turning up were Mm. quite fascinated in looking at the the vinyl cutting process not just um not just the the music performance Mm. So this was um, so those performances, different performances, twice a week, every week for three months um, at the weekend, right? And after each performance, they made five hundred units of that vinyl and put them on sale 
starting the next week. So like every okay. week there would be 500 mm. units made and they would go on sale and there'd be a new... Co- so you could turn up on the next Saturday, new concert last, last week. Last week's. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. Nice. Another twist. The, the manufacture was done on the site in a purpose-built vinyl manufacturing factory that was assembled inside a shipping container specifically for this project um, <laughs> and brought to site and loaded into uh, another room in the art gallery. So not only could you uh, see their performance, watch it being cut to vinyl, purchased last week, but you could go to another room and watch them manufacturing the vinyl um, and uh, screen printing the the paper parts and assembling yeah. the whole, whole thing as an art event. So, so the the, the plating, the stamping, so everything. So there was some there was some uh, technical or, or safety reason why the actual um, plating and the growing of the master couldn't be done yeah. on site. But probably the chemicals. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, but but basically the stamping, the preparation of the the, the vinyl media, um, yeah. all the trimming and. and uh, the application of the label and screen printing and assembly of the final package that was all that was all set up as an art event so so the pro, the, the process of manufacturing was in itself art right uh, it, wow it defined by it occurred in an art gallery where patrons of the art could attend and observe this activity so uh, depending on your definition of art but that's how i'm yes. that's how i'm yeah. uh, that's, no, that's how i'm defining right, it yeah, yeah. so so that occurred um, the, the room in which the performances were given was were also contained a, an exhibition of two and a half thousand glass vessels, and there were various other um, pieces of artwork um, exhibited, all by the same, mm. uh, all by the same artist uh, in in two or three rooms in in this venue. Um, so when I, when the, when this was pitched to me, I thought, well, this is interesting. This is a uh, you know, this is a little bit different from the normal. They're, it's kind of a little bit like a broadcast, but there's these other considerations mm. and, uh, you know, the communication difficulties of getting the players to start when you're cutting the lead in and everything. Yes. You've got to get it, yeah. uh, um, the maximum amount of time that you can get onto the to the side. The yeah. you know, There was all these kind of things, the, these technical um, challenges that, that, that made it kind of an interesting thing. But when I started, I thought... The financials of this are just—I just can't see this. I mean, the cost of the cost of doing it, the cost of just building the the factory in the in the, the shipping container itself. You know, it's did just... they did they hire a lathe from from someone? Because you can't just go and buy a lathe. Uh, well, uh, you can. Um, you, you, but but yeah. So they they but uh, uh, so okay. Yeah. So the lathe was. Um, yeah, that 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 was the personal property of a of a independent cutting engineer. Right, he yes. came over from uh, I think Switzerland, and yeah. he operated this. Because 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 when I mean by a lathe, I mean uh, with money that someone might have disposable for this kind of. Sure. Uh, yeah. no, they, well, they didn't they didn't do that, but they did ship they did ship this lathe and this gentleman uh, over to the UK for three months. So you know, it's not not a cheap proposition. Um, but they yes. did buy all the components of a vinyl pressing plant and install them in a shipping container and move the shipping container to site. So you could like, if, in, yeah, I could see 
yeah. your. I can I'm, see, I'm, I can, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to add the receipt, up in my head. Like building up in your head. Yeah, exactly. It's no, it's not cheap. And and we're yeah. making five hundred of we're making five hundred of these discs, and we're doing it twice a week, and we're doing it for three months. So there's, there's, mm. um, and there's, they were being they were selling for like they were they were putting them on sale for something like thirty five pounds. Okay. Uh, a unit, which so that was the sorry, was there an admission fee to the event? No, the live performance. No, this is no. a free event. Free event, and it was absolutely packed. People were queuing up outside. Um, celebrities and supermodels and whatnot were being squeezed in through the back, coming in through the technical area uh, to to give priority over the yeah. to them over the um, you know the mere mortals who were queuing up out, <laughs> queuing up outside. Um, it was in every way extraordinary. <laughs> Um, and then we turned to the then we turned to the music performed. Yeah. So there was a variety of different uh, pieces. Some some were um, some were performed, you know, sort of conventionally um, in in the sense that uh, instruments that you might recognise were were employed um, and and professional players of the, of those instruments. Um, but uh, notably, others weren't. So a piece consisted of a woman taking. Uh, these glass vessels, various glass vessels from the display and moving them into the middle of the floor um, and uh, putting a variety of uh, vibrators and other sort of buzzing and tinkling things into the glass jars right. and pots, take, putting them in and taking them out for a little while, uh, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes of that. Um, there was one which... Uh, uh, the. Uh, the I, so there was one that was particularly interesting or particularly confusing for me. The, um, a man came in early in the morning when I was just there setting up and uh, uh, said, oh, I'm, I'm here to perform today. Um, I'm just going to you know, lay out the stage and then I'll go and get my instrument. And I said, yeah, that's that's fine. And we looked over the stage plan. I put some microphones sort of roughly in place. And he said, you know, I'll, we'll just put, you know, a couple here and two or three there and then we'll... Um, you know, once I've, once I've set up, you can sort of tweak and finalize the position. So that was all fine. And then off he went and he was gone for quite a long time. And I, and I still had no idea what this, what this instrument was, yeah. I, but this was several weeks in. And by that point I'd, I'd realized <laughs> like, do not, do not question anything. Just yeah. allow <laughs> yeah. whatever's going to happen. Just allow it to occur. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he returned with, uh, some enormous uh, black bags and, uh, and, um, and then just tipped out, uh, I would say, probably about sort of 80, 90 centimeter high pile of domestic rubbish and recycling uh, onto the onto the floor. Um, and then his performance was him sort of rummaging through it uh, for about 20 minutes, uh, you know, sort of 20 minutes of rummaging through the uh, the rubbish, after which time he stood up and took a bow. Everyone applauded. Um, and uh, you know, we we committed another final to the uh, <laughs> to the queue, uh, and then and then one of the one of the <laughs> this is it, it was amazing. I invited some friends to come down to see one, and uh, the one that they came to was seventeen minutes of feedback. So the performer just held a microphone near a loudspeaker for seventeen minutes, and it was really really loud. Loads of people had to leave. Wow. Um, anyway, I'm I, I, I'm not sure. I could I could even have a reaction to that. I, well, not... there were a variety of reactions, including this is this is physically painful. I'm off. <laughs> anyway, 
it's, how, how, it, it's still a reaction. It's still a reaction. It, it, yeah, it's, exactly. It's yeah. Entirely, entirely valid. Anyway, yeah. how many do you think we sold? Now, in <laughs> um, it's it's not easy. Is it? I think I know the answer, but I think for me, I'd be gone. I don't think you'd have sold any if at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah, but bear in like mind, like might... this was basically explained to me, and yeah. I was like. Right. Okay, I'll do the project, but I just yeah. don't understand it. Yeah, I, I, I think you then solved them all. Correct. So all of them. I think there are people still waiting to buy them and couldn't get any. Yeah, you can't get them because you. That. So I, I have, I insane. have a full set, which was gifted to me. Uh, the uh, The parent face value is four hundred fifty pounds. Um, wow. Here, 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 I just I brought them with me, uh, you know, for the benefit of people listening to this. <laughs> here you go. We'll need we'll need to get a photo. Here's Absolutely. A, here's a piece of vinyl, and it's you know all this was screen printed at the um, uh, yes. you know in, in front of the wow. Audience. So it's not even it's not even just a, a vinyl in a white sleeve. It is a no, printed no. sleeve with the notes and everything. Yeah, yeah, oh, all the notes, and, and it's in a you know it's in a. That's incredible. And everything and so, I mean, I think this this one's a single sided one, so it's. Uh, oh, but that is incredible. And um, you know, there's a great uh, box of them. They've all they all have a, a sort of similar kind of artistic. Um, wow. Uh, kind of look, look wow. to them. So the, the the design was made for each, uh, for each one, and uh, you know they are they are nice things. They're they're heavyweight. They're good. Some of them are double sided. Some of them are single sided. Yeah. Also, also they're, are they 180 gram? Yeah, they're like, you know, the legit kind of chunks of material. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, and it uh, and uh, as we're saying, it, it, they, we sold all of them. You just couldn't get them for love nor money. They were, it's extraordinary. And um, and they made so much money, even even taking into account the the extraordinary costs of, yeah. of the setup, it was like 180 grand clear, something like that, in profit. So it was net profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not it, not turnover profit. Yeah, so yeah. Profit. Net, <laughs> net. Like, I just, I. So afterwards, like that makes <laughs> no sense. And when I was telling it to Chris, Chris was like, "Well, it does make sense. Uh, it's not about what's on the vinyl." Yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. That's, well, that's my point. Like vinyl, that, and and I feel this way about CDs as well. Like. They're not, people don't buy them to use them to listen to music. They're merchandise. Yeah. And that's great. Like, that's really, really cool because, like, it supports the artist. That's why I'm like, mm. um, Chris, I'm a, I'm a little bit like that guy from Peep Show, the merch guy. He's <laughs> like, if you, if, the guy who runs the record label yeah. and, like, gives Jeremy, like, a, a job, yeah, yeah. a job, like, in quotations. And he's like, I'm all about merch. Yeah. If you cut me, I bleed merch. But it's, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> just t-shirts, CDs. Yeah, that's where it, the money is. Merch. <laughs> I mean, some people will go, oh, you're hipsters. They'll yes, just buy exactly. stuff. I'm like, yeah. yeah, but that's great. That's a revenue exactly. stream for artists, mm. right? Especially when you look at the, like, so I encourage anyone to go to bandcamp.com slash vinyl. Um, and just have a good look at that stuff. Um, CD Baby also do, like, I've seen this. I don't know anyone actually using this. Um, I don't know if it's because just there's not a lot of awareness or CD Baby aren't pushing it for whatever. But they do have a page on their site 
about a CD on demand service in partnership with Amazon. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm not sure if that's like a on demand manufacturing and drop shipping sort of deal uh, or fulfillment. Like that sounds that sounds pretty cool. But like anytime I hear about something like this, and that's why I wanted to bring Daniel onto the podcast. It's just like, look, here's yet another way to make money as an artist. Yeah, you know, obviously this is a weird yeah. example, it, it, but it's brilliant. The the fact that it's so extraordinary and was net profitable, mm. that's that's kind of you know something to to think it's, about. It's know? that whole, what struck me is it's a classic example of where people say, oh, there's no money in the music industry, of which me and Chris found found an answer to where the music industry is that we'll come back to you later. Oh, do you? Um, <laughs> the, um, no, but it's a great example of people say there's no money in the music industry. No, there obviously is because of this, because that person found, the, the person who project manages found a niche where a certain type of person wants to come to a certain type of event, experience something, and then have access to a... Limited edition, something which proves you were there, something that proves you're yep. part of the club, the thing. Yeah, yeah. You then have it. this. Uh, yes, yeah, exclusive. Oh, you can't get any more after. You can yeah. only we buy last. Break, break down event. the factory and we wander off with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. That, it's the whole uh, craft pub pop up tent thing. Yeah. Um, it, and it's, it's also sort of yeah. consciously exclusionary. So it's yes. not like yeah. they, weren't, yes. they weren't trying to mass appeal, mm. but um, but it was like, you know sort of hyper accurately targeted at the people who have money, want yep. strange things, and and yep. enjoy experiences of this nature. Yeah, because again, everything's free, music free. So what's the value? Or the value is the experience and the thing. Yeah, and the brand. Mm. Yeah, the brand. Like the. Um, to, I'd like to uh, just drop another example here that I've been telling artists quite a lot recently. Um, there is this uh, artist, her name's Leah, L-E-A-H in caps, and um, uh, she uh, she does really, really well. She So she makes um, like power metal, right? Mm. So like, um, and it's kind of themed around like elves and castles and... Lord of the Rings, Hobbit stuff, you know, um, stuff that, uh, you know, I think we, we all enjoy. Um, but she actually made, uh, she sells merch. Um, she sells like leather bound books okay, and just like loads of merch because I mean, what she's done well and what, um, those guys did well, Daniel was they knew exactly yeah. what their fans looked like yeah, yeah. Mm. and just sold them a bunch of stuff. You know, and that's that's how it's done. Like it, that's how anyone succeeds in anything. It's like they've identified their slice and just executed on you know, yeah, exactly, building brand in them and then selling them a bunch of stuff as exactly. well. Exactly, and it's and it's as you well as as um, Chris P was saying, you know, it's like you you kind of you're selling them the experience, except for you're not actually selling the experience because you you walk into the mm. you walk into the space uh, for free. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was the the, the marketing yeah, funnel. Yeah, exactly. Really, you're, you know? And you're in there, and you see this this mad thing, and and um, you know it's difficult to speculate on everybody's motives. I suspect you, you're both you're both right. I also feel that uh, you know there will be certain. Be- I mean, okay, let's look at it this way. If I had gone into such a thing because I happened to be passing and thought, oh, that was interesting, mm. I, I'd go. Um, and I heard some of the stuff that that we were working on. 
I think I'd have thought, right, I need I need to get I need to get a copy of this to tell to to help to me explain other... this to <laughs> yeah, other people. Yeah. I was at this concert, yeah. this is what it sounded like. And yeah. you know, um so I, so I so possibly there's some element mm. of that. I guess, you know, the scenester kind of thing, you know, I, we were there. I think that's probably yeah. a strong element. It's can I can I assume there was no other recording done as in this the uh, you didn't deliver a digital mix after this after the the project to them which goes online um okay that is a good question so uh i i there was um there was no multi-track recording made at all right um but i did yeah. record uh, i did digitally record a um a stereo file from mm. the console uh, for every event, and um, oh. they are in the um, they're in the gallery archive. I don't know whether they're publicly available. I think I think they're not. Um, right. There was also bits of it broadcast on um, uh, on the radio, so um, I was able to do up packages and send them over to Radio Three so that they could mm. accompany their stories about the the events um, cool. with little bits. So you know that's that's just a sort of um, for convenience that um they uh, you can't really say yeah here's something for your news story it, it's a vital uh, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah they might you know uh, eyebrows may be raised um <laughs> yes. if, if that was your approach but you know i'm going to ftp you um yes. a package that you can broadcast that's you know, yep. you're more likely to get yes. on the air um but uh, in Almost all circumstances, uh, and I'll come back to almost in a minute, but in almost all circumstances, um, what was pressed was cut directly from the um, uh, from my mix um, at the time of performance. Okay. So uh, I say almost always there were there were a couple of occasions, I think two occasions where there was some kind of uh issue with the with the lathe or the um um uh-huh. either either some something you know mechanically needed adjusting or uh there can be just occasional hiccups there can be tiny yep. little inconsistencies in the in the um lacquer medium that that just throw the uh, throw the cutter uh, or um, I think actually on one occasion the pitch had been set slightly too uh too wide so the um uh the groove ran out before yes. the um mm-hmm. before the end of the performance so uh, in those cases we were then able to use that stereo um stereo um file to just yep. replay that recent yeah um back to the um back to the lathe um but we always did that immediately like so so there was no um there was no kind of editing or tweaking or anything it was just kind of um it was there as a as a sort of safety net because um because that was just prudent given the, the yeah. circumstance. Cool. Uh, was there ever a gain-related issue? Uh, well, in what sense? And <laughs> you mean the, the mm. massive dynamic range of the performance? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I um, it, so from a sort of technical point of view, I had configured a um, uh, you know inverted brackets master chain which included mm. <laughs> some brick wall limiting and uh you yeah know, sure. some sort of safety measures some and also some compression to bring up the um the the lower level sounds but i also you know was was trying to mix this live 
Um, a lot of it was quite improvisatory, so I didn't have a score to follow in all cases. So yeah. it, I, I was sort of reacting um, in real time. And I thought, that, you know, that was some of the things that I found sort of interesting challenge. So I did use Dynamics devices to help me in that, but I was um, I was trying to trying to sort of not do that as much as possible. I was trying to sort of do it to do it as organically. Mm. um as possible so you were riding a fader riding or? well multiple faders i mean um yeah most of the pieces so some some of the pieces were um uh electroacoustic so they had uh, okay um you know some di'd elements uh or some mic'd up uh, cabinets there was you know some bits had electric tars uh there was some small uh, chamber ensembles you know so like a string quartet some percussion a few wind instruments um so there was a combination of um Stereo arrays and close mics, DIs, uh, you know, contact cool. mics in some cases, things inside uh, um, uh, microphones that could fit inside very small spaces. So it was a piece that was which was performed on the cello, but the composer had uh, stipulated that um, the sound that you heard should be uh, that of a microphone inside a bottle near the cello. So in order to achieve right. that, uh, you know, we had to have a microphone in mm. the bottle and then a, a PA system to bring bring that back out into the room. And uh, so you know, so so the, so the the, the the specific setup for every uh, for every performance was as different as uh, as you would imagine. The kind of mixed configuration for a mm. variety of very disparate pieces of uh, of of sonic of sonic material. But I had a consistent mastering chain, as I say, with brick wall limiting, with some compression, just to give it a squeeze um, before pushing it down the um uh the pipe to the uh cutting engineer at the at the cutting engineer they were additional dynamics processing um and also the um riaa um pre-emphasis so yeah. uh in, in case people are not familiar with that um there's a standard equalization curve which uh, is used to, during the cutting of uh, of vinyl masters which uh, is it's a little bit more complicated, but essentially rolls off a load of um, low end yeah. um, in a way that in a um, in a standardized way. Uh, the reason for this is to keep the the depth and the width of the grooves um, uh, relatively small, yeah. so that they don't um, interfere with each other. And then when you play back a, a piece of vinyl, uh, your preamplifier has the opposite equalization curve uh, in its preamplifier. Yeah, uh, so 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 it uh, it returns it to the original uh, yeah. setting. So so that was done post uh, post the console. So post me. So I I listened and then it then it departed. Then it passed through um, this this chain actually on the lathe, um, and the lathe it was a vintage Neumann lathe it included um, the uh, original rack of Neumann. Um, uh, Dynamics processing that, yeah. that, were, 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 that you know that is used in in this in this uh, uh, in this operation, and so so it kind of went through there, and then the cutting engineer would be able to uh, uh, monitor that uh, on the headphones uh, as it went down, um, and then they could uh, play it back uh, from the uh, from from the uh, lacquer itself, mm. uh, just to confirm that that everything had had gone down uh, fine. Uh, before um, before sending that off to have the um, to have the positive grown from it. Just a really quick question: You were hired into the engineering part. Hmm. Was the vinyl cutting and the 
pressing stamping, was that like a separate thing that they had done before? Or was this whole thing a once happened, everyone had come together for this? Because I almost feel if due to the, the success of what they did, is this thing going to happen again? But for yeah, a different... Okay. Yeah. So um, the, the cutting engineer had worked with the... Um, the, the principal artist of the project um, on on a variety of, of of sort of sonic art projects in the past mm. um, of a variety of different natures, not n- nothing quite exactly like uh, like this. The reason uh, the reason that I was there and the reason that sometimes there was also a a, a, a third uh, entity, a front of house engineer, there is because uh, in this particular case they were dealing with. Um, uh, larger groups and um yeah uh, classical uh, it's sort of difficult to know what terminology to give it but if i use the use sort of commonly understood you know classic <laughs> classical instruments you know, uh, violins and yeah. uh, you know, clarinets and, and so on um and so they wanted somebody with the experience of balancing contemporary music um uh, from a from a range of sources, um, and then in some cases, that uh, as I say, they they also had a front of house engineer because the the performance required amplification in 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 some ways. So, but yeah, the original question the 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 uh, the cutting engineer had worked with the principal artist before. It's not clear that they'd done something exactly uh, like this. Um, well, certainly not something exactly like that. But but um, it's not clear they'd done something with as many participants and as many moving parts and for such a long period of time uh will they do it again um maybe i mean it's not really in the it's not really in the um in the spirit perhaps of 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 an art exhibition of that nature to sort of you know keep doing it but but you certainly could i I mean there's no there's no technical reason maybe more just the not maybe that artist but the 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 concept of a live cut where it's oh yeah where it's, where mean, it's a limited thing would well fiscally it works I yeah mean. that's i mean i mean it, it, i could see this happening again but i'm trying to think would the let, let's say you're an indie artist you can perform a live gig yeah. and the room next to the gig was going to be a cut yeah and then the next gig they did, you could buy the the vinyl cut from last live gig. Is that audience going to be as receptive to that idea than the audience that came to this art exposition sort of thing as well? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, this is all speculation, but I, 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 Mm. I feel somehow that the, the, the specific audience and the and the and the specific nature of 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 the event that I've been describing um, is probably something slightly different to mm. a, a music performance, or maybe yeah. maybe radically different from a music performance. But I think it's not it's not directly comparable to say yeah. an indie band performance where where there's already a sort of well understood um, uh, mm. route to to uh, to hear and acquire music and merchandise from from that. Um, so I, I'm not sure that there's an exact um, parallel there. Um, although there were discussions at the time, particularly in relation to the um, to the vinyl manufacturing plant in a shipping container mm. uh, 
configuration that they they had. Uh, there were discussions about taking that to festivals, for example, so yes. you could you know you you could get you could people could watch their favorite bands um, uh, materials being um, uh, stamped in front of them, and there's some you know limited edition. Um, uh, artwork and, uh, and and paper parts and maybe the ba- bands could be involved in signings and you know so that you could sort of imagine a new uh, mm. a variety of opportunities around uh around that but whether or not the like the live cutting element would have been would be part of that or not, uh, it, it's, it's the exclusivity uh, that's what yeah. i find fascinating about this the, the, the whole story is absolutely brilliant and and i thank you so much for sharing it with us but i I just I am in I am enthralled by that that thing of it is it's that it's that something else it's the other it's mm. the thing which is different from the norm which is what makes it massively appealing. Sure, yeah. yeah I mean, there's there's it, it, we're we're really lucky to be nearby to London. Um, you know, there's no end of really unusual and really interesting and quirky things going on. So. Um, so even amongst the sort of uh, sonic art madness, it's, you've still got to try and put your head above the parapet. You can't just be, <laughs> yeah. you can't just be weird. Yeah. You've got you've yeah you've got to yeah. you've got to do it in some some interesting way. And I think this is kind of an example of everything just sort of coming together just just right. Um, Perfect combination. You know, the yeah. venue, the the choice of the choice of artists who performed over over the period of time. The uh, the role of the lead artist in in designing the, the the packaging and you know having having it all on site and the sound and the smells of it. I mean, it's 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 quite a visceral thing watching mm. the manufacturers uh, watching the manufacturing process. Yeah. Uh, so you know you you can make you can make a strong kind of argument for the sort of sensory experience yeah. of that, and it was and it's an argument that their audience was extremely receptive. Uh, well, the proof was, was there, wasn't yeah, it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. So, as I say at the beginning, uh, as I said at the beginning, I it it it, uh, it, it really checked my my attitude towards all my um, and I can't really explain it, but you know the way I the way I felt about this had changed quite dramatically mm. from like this is completely mad to this is really amazing yeah. what they've done here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and uh, and somebody somewhere had had this great. Um, you know, foresight, or 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 if not foresight, at least courage to think. Let's let's try Absolutely. this. Let's try this because I would have one never done that, and two never advised. And <laughs> yeah. if someone yeah. said to me, "What do you think about this idea?" I'd be like, mm, "Probably give that one a miss." Um, yeah, just lo- logistically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it just fe- it feel it felt like everything would be stacked against you. Yeah, um, and perhaps it was, but but it was it was just this very very clever and and clear uh, and focused um, uh, addressing the the audience, and I think I think that was the point that uh, Chris picked up on when we first dis- dis- discussed this. It was it mm. was um, about that about that targeting and about that ha- about having that. Uh, understand as as you said earlier understanding your audience understanding both what they would do where they would do where physically they would be you know when how long to you know it, it's a really 
the the thing that's interesting is say if you adjusted any one of those aspects would it have been so successful could yes. it have been more successful yeah. it's very difficult to it's very difficult to know all that we know is in this particular instance it did work mm. um and it shows that there are uh, there are these opportunities and chris was also very um excited by the idea that uh, you know, though it wasn't a massive money spinner for the the musicians involved, um, in that uh, the players were pay- would have been paid if it had been a flop, and they were paid the same when it was a, a mighty success. Um, mm. They got, you know, it, it was it was work for musicians. Um, the promoters mm. and the investors got their money back and more, yep. and therefore are much more likely to to. Um, to invest or to to chance uh, and inv- uh, and and put money towards musicians um exactly in the future yeah absolutely that's perfect yeah, so thank you so much for sharing that that was really really interesting very very interesting it's no problem yeah cool well um yeah thank you daniel and um we'd like to have you on again soon actually mm. um just to have like a more uh, longer more general sure. discussion we should probably talk about um, you know Technology at some point. <laughs> at some point, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Put it, put it maybe. off like fifth, fifth, <laughs> fifth appearance or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, and only maybe, maybe. Mm. No, it's really I really cool. enjoy it, and um, you know, not not just as contributing, but uh, you know, listening as well. There's been some really good episodes. Thank uh, you. Recently, glad to hear it. So, glad to hear it. Yeah, keep it up. Thank you. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, and we'll speak again soon. We will. Thanks. Bye-bye. Cheers.